Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Good morning, good afternoon, good afternoon, or good night, depending on what time you listen to this, Siobhan, because podcasts, they're an anytime food. <laughs> hey, this is Serious <laughs> Issues, the weekly comic book podcast. My name's Levins. My name is Siobhan. And every week we record a podcast that's all about the comic books that came out last week. We read most of them, and we're here to let you know which of the comics you should be reading too. Mm. Siobhan, this is what we call... One of the worst weeks of the year. This is a bad week. <laughs> because every few months, DC decide to collaborate with one of the many other franchises that uh, Warner Brothers owns and do a bunch of weird mashup comics. Yep. And uh, I refer to these four comics that they release periodically throughout the year as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to be reviewing all four of the DC Times Looney Tunes oh. mashups. Um, as well as some other comics that were infinitely better than those ones. Yeah. I, like, it genuinely, it took me... I put off reading them all four until today because I just couldn't bring I myself to do it thing. until I was, like, sitting at my desk. So I picked my, my comics on Thursday and I was yeah. like, I oh, know, I'll go to a restaurant and I'll just burn through these four awful oh, comics. Nice. And <laughs> because I feel an obligation when mm. something like this comes out, it has a number one on it. Yeah. We, have, we have a segment called First Things First. And you told which, me I had to read them. I did. I, I don't know why. Like, at least skim them. Yeah. One look, them, I like, had to because they they took me so long to read. But, uh, yeah, so I, I I picked up my comics on Thursday and started reading them in the morning. And by Saturday <laughs> afternoon, I'd only read two. Because these fucking things yeah. are so dense. They and- put me off comics as well. Yeah. I was like, oh, why Why do I like this format again? Yeah. I don't like these anymore. Well, also, and it's like, I o- quit. Often it's writers and artists that we like on them as well. And and this, the reason I, I, I want to read them is because um, the DC and Hanna-Barbera initial kind of line of, of comics, you know, gave us the Flintstones and gave yeah, us Snagglepuss, mm-hmm. introduced us to Mark Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I'm like, oh, surely we'll get something half as good as that out of these, right? Oh, yeah. So Seems look, likely. We review uh, all the new number ones, the, all the first issues that came out last week uh, in our opening segment, First Things First. Uh, and it's going to be starting with the DC Looney Tunes mashup books. Okay. Uh, we got four of we'll them last week. We got Lex Luthor and Porky Pig, Harley Quinn and Gossamer, The Joker and Duffy Duck, Catwoman and Tweety and Sylvester. Uh, do you want to talk about one that you read to the end first or one that you skimmed? 
<laughs> I mean, look. Like, I these like, even took me a full day just to skim. Like, Yeah, like, part of the issue with these crossover, tie-in, whatever things is that for some reason they want to, like, explain why these characters in the universe. We don't need that. We don't need that. Just jump into it. But they're always, like, really dense. And dark versions of the of the Looney Tunes characters, like... It's the, the middle ground doesn't exist. It's like, oh no, we have to make the DC, the, the, the Looney Tunes characters dark and also the DC characters like a little bit more goofy, but yeah. at the same time just irritating. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's yeah. talk about, let's talk, okay. The, Here are the, the, he, these are the two that I hated least. Yep. Cool. And these are the two that I hated most. Let's get the ones we hated most out of Okay. The way. All right. Let's do it. Uh, the one I hated the most. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I just couldn't do it. Um, because I'm not really a fan of either of these characters, first and foremost. Mm-hmm, so this mm-hmm. is, by definition, a book that's not for me. Harley Quinn and Gossamer. I don't even know who or what Gossamer is. Literally no one does. They make a joke about it in this, but that didn't improve the book at all. It's just a big red thing. Was he even in Space Jam? No, oh. I was saying this before. Part Luke of my Googles. issue... Was um, Gossamer... <laughs> <laughs> in Space Jam. In Space Jam. Part of my big issue with these books is that I, my entire exposure to the Looney Tunes is like Looney Tunes back in action and Space Jam. I don't really know anything else about Looney Tunes. He has a cameo. That. He has a cameo in Space Jam. Well, there you go. Wayne says he's from the planet that Marvin the Martian is from, which is Mars, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> also, Nate always calls um, Martian Manhunter Marvin the Martian to annoy me. <laughs> Uh, so Harley Quinn Gossamer is written uh, by Amanda Connor and uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, husband and wife writing team, who uh, have given us many of our favorite DC books in the past. But for whatever reason, they're just the Harley Quinn. They're just the Harley now. Quinn people now. I probably pays them the most. Probably, yeah. But it's like I, uh, one of the highest selling DC books generally. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't no. find their take on the character amusing. It's me neither. It's, it's overwritten. Find- like they're both very talented creators, and I d- can't begin to describe how overwritten this issue of all the issues there's so much text yeah so yeah. many so much just explanations of everything yeah that- and their their version of harley is this very like verbose wacky deadpool-esque but like joke vo- a but minute vulnerable dead like like she makes jokes to fill the void a la spider-man yes then, yes but like uh, it's just yeah yeah it's a bit exhausting <laughs> it really is exhausting <laughs> at the very least i like i like that they've sort of made harley and ivy like in a relationship, that's great. Cool, that's awesome. Super duper. But that's about all of the positives that I can take from this. A, this doesn't even stand up as like a standalone because there's so much Harley Quinn nonsense that directly ties into the main series. That like, why is why does she live with an Eggman in a robo suit <laughs> and another man and she has a talking beaver? Yeah, and like, like there's too beaver. many things, too many silly things, too much stuff. And then the silliest thing of all, after after not. After being denied to hang out um, with um, with Poison Ivy all afternoon, um, she's lonely and she decides to walk along the beach and she bumps into Gossamer. Yeah, we didn't even discuss the fact that there was like a fucking hurricane, but that's <laughs> it's like the, another needless thing that happens in this. Uh, he's a big, fuzzy, red, Muppet-esque character. <sighs> yep. Uh, who doesn't really talk, just kind of garbles noises and wants to eat animals, which is a, ba- a bad thing because... Um, Harley Quinn has lots of animals and so... Don't eat her beaver! <laughs> no, beagle. He eats a... A beaver. The sausage dog, whatever. But there's also is. a beaver. Yeah, there is. But he doesn't need that, does he? I don't no. Know. Maybe I didn't get that far. I skipped most of this. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I, was this funny to anybody? I don't know. Maybe not. No. This was funny to nobody. You, the yeah, art wasn't great. say that no one found this funny. 
No, no one found this funny. I don't care. If you did, you're wrong. Uh, I didn't hate the art. It's not the worst. Um, I quite like this guy's version of Batman. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the thing. The, the, that was like the, the one moment picked where picked up like, oh, when cool. it was like, oh, the greater kind of bat versus in this comic, but they didn't really do much with it. No. Um, and it's a, it, it, it turns into a Harley versus Joker comic, and then and Bugs then, Bunny shows up at yeah. the end. Yeah. Just. <sighs> yeah. So this was the toughest, by far the toughest. Um, Although I found this other this one real tough to get yeah, totally. through as well. Uh, at the end of each of these um, issues, so you get like 30 pages of this kind of... Impenetrable nonsense. DC-leaning crossover. Yes. And then you have a more Looney Tunes, Merry Melody style um, short comic, um, which is way more digestible. Uh, because but I also like, I couldn't force myself to read them because I was like, oh, I've already... I've already done this. Totally, yeah, yeah. Let me leave. <laughs> like, I, I would say that like it'd be way cooler to get like a collection, a la the um, uh, the you know the winter and summer kind of mm-hmm, annual mm-hmm. things that DC do, where it's a selection of short stories, but it's yes. all just these merry melody shorts featuring different characters crossing yes. over, and it's the same tone all the way throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, the, the backup here is by um, Sholly Fish, who wrote it um, with art by Dave Alvarez and. Uh, just from an artistic point of view, I, I loved. Yeah, yeah, way what, cuter, it's real a, gorgeous. It's you know, it, it, it's Harley Quinn. She's still drawn sexily, but in a more Jessica Rabbit esque way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the got the the way the, the art they've given for Gossamer works so much better too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, yes, yeah, so that was the first one. <laughs> oh man. Um, so then we were at the Joker and Daffy Duck, um, which has been written by Scott Lobdell. <laughs> So you can already understand, like you know, get an idea of how illustrated by Brett Booth. Yes, so it's it's an extremely dated looking and reading comic um, with inks by Norm Rapmono and uh, Andrew Dullhouse on uh, on colors. Um, so the Daffy Duck, who in this uh, iteration is a, a duck who wears a Hawaiian shirt and cargo pants. At least he's wearing pants. You know what I mean? No, he just don't. These characters... <laughs> he's a duck. Fucking hell. Canonically don't wear pants. Yeah, true. Um, so he, he accidentally um, falls into uh, like the Joker's... Like the Joker is is killing someone basically. And yeah. uh, Daffy Duck is a witness to a, a murder that the, Joker, that the Joker does. And um, he ends up tricking the Joker into hiring him as his, his like one of his henchmen. Yeah. And he's really good at it. He works his way up the ranks. In theory, that is like actually like a pretty fun idea for yeah, a comic. That's not the worst. Like out of all of the sort of concepts, that one's not the worst one. But it's just like they still managed to be really boring, which I think is impressive. That was that's yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was just this wasn't. I don't know as impenetrable, I guess, as the as the Harley Quinn Gossamer one. No, but it was boring, and I didn't want to be reading it at any point. Yeah, absolutely, and it ends up with Daffy Duck in Arkham, which is weird. oh. What sucked the most about this is that, and they and they didn't choose to do it in the backup. So in the backup, which is the more um, you know Looney Tunes esque one, which has been written by Joey Cavallari with art by Luciano Vecchio, uh, Daffy Duck is written properly. Like you ah. know, his text, his his uh, he, he they haven't written in his speech impediment. Ah, so Daffy Duck says s's as th, but the whole way through um, the the main of this, he has like. F- Thuffer and Thuckatash. Oh, that's Sylvester. More of that. More on him later. <laughs> but you know, he, 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 they, they, they give him a lisp the whole way through it, and at the end, he says, "I am Thoth Grood." Mm. And like, just that, even just reading a speech impediment, it's annoying. And and it's yeah, it's it's just it doesn't work. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm not into it at I'm all. I'm not a fan. 
Uh, so those are the first two that we didn't like. Uh, next, we have a very strange one by uh, Mark Russell that I didn't really enjoy, but I didn't hate it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, which is Lex Luthor and Porky Pig. <laughs> really hey, horrifying cover. This is the first episode of Serious Issues um, you've ever listened to. We're not much more positive than this on a good week. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark Russell wrote this one, penciled by Brad Walker, inks by Andrew Hennessy. Um, and basically, after his uh, like cryptocurrency uh, business business goes out of business, Porky Pig is hired by Lex Luthor to be given a kind of like a role that he invents for Porky Pig. You know that he's just going to be a patsy for mm-hmm. like whatever uh, nefarious bad stuff um, Lex Luthor is going to be doing. Because Lex Luthor has now started a social media company. Yes. Like WeChat. Um, that's the most famous one, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, it was, it's like, I don't know, it was just, it, it was, it, I think this is like, this is a competently written comic with yes. the jokes that mostly like, there were a few groaners, but for the most part, you know, the, the um, Mark Russell knew the kind of, he, he, he not, like the tech industry and, and social media yes. is a pretty easy thing to lampoon. And so he knew Absolutely. what he was talking about. And like when he corporation was culture and totally. stuff like that. There were some, there were some funny moments in that. I like when Lex comes out dressed pretty much as Steve Jobs with like people pirouetting around him. That's totally. pretty funny. But I like all the stuff about like the, you know, the kitchen, like Lex being trolled by Daffy Duck. There were, there were some funny moments in it, I suppose. Yeah. And I, I did like it when, when the comics kind of explored out further into either the DC universe or the Looney Tunes universe. In this yeah. case, we see Porky Pig in a prison with Taz Devil and Yosemite Sam, who's got prison tattoos. Great. Pretty great stuff. Um, but whereas like pretty quickly, like when I was like, oh, the, there's a Flintstones comic and it's like a kind of satire of modern society. Yeah. Why should this exist? And then you know... By like the end of the issue, like oh, this definitely should exist. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this should. No, <laughs> this looks like the Pig. I say, I would say quite firmly, it should not exist because Porky Pig is another character that like he has a verbal tick that doesn't read well. Oh, it just you know ma- what I mean? You know, it's like annoying to read because it takes longer to read what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, and we all get it. We get we get his speech impediment. We understand. Um, and I think that I don't, I don't love Brad Walker's. Um, on this I don't think it really works the the Porky is so horrifying well, yeah, it's, like it's making, so weird and it worked ugh, when Lee Weeks like made Elmer Fudd kind of look more did it you went into that I way. didn't like that but, but <laughs> this yeah this he just looks gross yeah yeah it's, yeah real gross I don't understand why you want realism in a DC Looney Tunes crossover book but here we are. Comics aren't for kids guys finally we have Catwoman <sighs> Tweety and Sylvester um, which was the one I was kind of the most like, oh, this might be the good one. Yeah. Uh, because Gail Simone is writing it and she is someone that knows how to have fun while celebrating the things that she's writing about. Mm-hmm. I haven't loved everything that she's done recently. I, I didn't like the Wonder Woman Conan thing. No, uh, that wasn't that great. didn't really connect with me. But uh, anyway, Gail Simone is a, is a writer that we definitely, majority, really enjoy her books. Absolutely. Um, have we had a pretty great, I think the best artist uh, on, on one of these books too, in yep. Anarchy Miranda and Colors by Eva Dela Cruz. Um this is uh, basically, it's not really Catwoman, Tweety, and Sylvester. It's Catwoman and Sylvester versus Black Canary and Tweety. Yeah. And that's what it should have been called. Because yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, as soon as it, it kind of explained. So basically, like, the, like in somewhere in like the, the dark universe, um, some <laughs> witches challenge each other. Um, and basically, they, they, they pit a cat and a, and a, and a bird, so yep. Tweety and Sylvester, mm-hmm. um, out against each other and whichever one dies the other 
like basically if if Sylvester dies, all of the cats in the universe die as well as all of the heroes that have themed themselves on being a cat. Yes. And likewise for if the bird dies. So Which is like a surprising amount of like Yeah. And I thought it was really, really clever. So you have like Catwoman upon learning this gets in touch with like Wildcat and um Bronze Tiger, um, Catman, Catman, um, and uh, Starfire, who's apparently descended from cats yep. as well. And then Black Canary, of course, has the Haw- Hawkman, Hawkgirl, um, the Robins, Hawk uh, and Dove, Hawk and Dove. Yeah, it was fun to seeing all of these fun cameos from all these uh, different DC characters and realizing, oh shit, there's actually a great number of them that are modeled after certain animals. Yeah, totally. And like the birds, Gail of prey. had fun with this. You know had- what I mean? And she brought back her birds of prey and even like gave. Uh- Yes, yeah, so <laughs> gave Babs a broken leg, so she had to like be, be back Oracle. in a wheelchair and yeah, be Oracle yeah. again. Like I think, I think Gail came at this with the with the correct attitude, but it was still like a ludicrously dense read that took way too long and was not satisfying as a single issue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I, I think, and it, all of that comes from the fact that these. Looney Tunes characters don't work in a DC universe. It's just like I don't know who this is for. Yeah. Who does this appeal to? I mean, it appeals. I mean, it's like oh, I wonder what the what the creators are going to do with this weird, yeah, weird thing. And I guess the interest comes from like, can they pull this off? In this case, I think Gail Simone came closest to it. Closest, but still no. Um. (laughs) Also, I didn't know that like Tweety was a big jerk. I didn't realize that was Tweety's character. That Tweety's like a really rude small bird. Because um, you just spends the whole issue being like... In the same way that Bugs Black Bunny Canary, is. you're fat. Yeah, I you know. Should, you look fat in that costume. Oh, that's definitely Gail Simone taking liberties. But, like, Tw- Tw- Tweety was, like, just a, a wise-cracking bird who... Right, okay. In the, like, basically, if, if Roadrunner could talk and lived in a cage. Well, that sounds just <laughs> fucking amazing. You, see, I, you were know you, what? Were you in 90s? You, you were, you're a little bit too young, but Tweety was, like, the. that's who you wore on your T-shirt yes, in the I remember. Yes, I remember Tweety being, like... Like everywhere, wearing a baseball cap on a yes, t-shirt. Yes, but I didn't. Yeah. I think that made me like actively hate it yeah, without knowing it anything bizarre. about it. I was like, oh, no, I'm too cool for Taz Devil now. Tweety Birds, Tweety Bird, Tweety Birds, where I spend my money on at Granny Mays. <laughs> um, Granny, oh. May. Granny. Oh, actually, that that doesn't work because Granny May, I think, is the name of the Granny in Tweety and Sylvester. But Granny Mays was also a, a novelty shop in oh. Australia in the '90s where you bought. Crap, basically. That sounds nice. And now, if you want to buy crap, kingscomics.com for all of your crap. (laughs) We don't have any Tweety Bird t-shirts. Yet. Yet. It's going to be a resurgence thanks to how great this entire line of comics was. Oh, God, I'm so glad that's over. Yeah. So, that was... So, yeah. It took me, like, two days to read four comics. Yes. And then took me an hour to read the rest of the comics that (laughs) that we're going to talk about this week. There are some really good ones coming up, but thanks for suffering through that. (laughs) I hope you you, you get some amount of joy out of how hard it is for us to read it. Look, I know... And stop buying these. Stop buying these. If you have bought any of these, you are part of the problem because if we keep... if copies keep selling, DC will keep making them. We need to send a strong message that that is not okay. It is not acceptable. Siobhan, you know I what don't want recently it. put out? It's like almost 30th issue. Yeah, I know. Scooby Apocalypse. Apocalypse. There is a market for these books. Like, you know, I, I, I don't want to be endlessly negative about everything. And we certainly aren't as negative as it used to be overall, I think. Uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we do insist on re- reviewing Tom King yeah. books every now and then. But uh, I think... Uh, these books, it is fun hanging I'm shit sure on them because they should not. It is so. It is like the ultimate corporate comic. Yeah, 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 totally. And I, I think it's okay to uh, to be brutal about 
about these comics. I agree. No, I've got. Like, I think you know, we've been nice. I think frankly. all these. All, I think we've been nice about books that almost all of these creators have done in the past. Um, Except probably, and I, and I hope Scob- the paper. I hope the paper. No, it's, I, I liked most Scobdell? of Scobdell. I like most of the Red Hood and the Outlaws. Um, oh yeah, the first twenty issues or so. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I hope the hope the paychecks they got from these were they were worth it. Yeah, because this could not have been fun to write. <laughs> <laughs> They certainly weren't fun to read. Uh, DC this week also put out through their new Jinx World imprint, which is Barry Michael Bendis's uh, kind of uh, creator-owned comics that DC are now publishing. Uh, Scarlet number one, uh, which is Brian Bendis and Alex Maleev. Um We've gotten a number. So we've gotten one new series from Jinx World, and we're getting a couple more next week as well. Um, this is a returning series. Uh, it was pub- pre- sorry previously published at Icon through Marvel. Mm-hmm. When Bendis was there, um, of course, yeah, Malief joining Bendis for uh, the previous iteration of this uh, series, which is a um, like a, a political revenge th- thriller. Okay, um, is that what it says? Yeah, yeah, that's what it says. It is. I, 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 I did not think this was a good entry point to the series at all. No, I was appreciative that there was a small recap. At the beginning, Bendis is um, very good like that. Yeah, because you know he's even managed to convince DC that they need to recap books for his su- recap pages for his Superman, which books. I very much appreciate. Um, yeah, but but yeah this is a. I mean, a this is like textbook Bendis. Like once I opened the, um, I suppose like titles page, the yep. greetings to Portland, and then you turn the page, and the the it's like down the middle is split by like just the most amount of like word balloons. And just like conversational text, like that classic Bender style, like yeah. Well, so you know what I mean? Blah 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 yeah, blah yeah. So blah. So the, the, blah, the, the blah, character blah, who blah. would you believe is a hard ass female character? What is she hard <laughs> With, drinking and doesn't take no shit? She just except may. when she's taking shits. You know um, what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure. That, I'm sure it happens at some point. <laughs> Bendis loves writing women talking doing poops. Talking, doing poops. <laughs> um, God, and I just can't. I, I got really confused by the like talking to camera thing. I'm assuming that's something from the original. Either that or it was like a way of slightly recapping. I just thought this was just, just like have, over. Just yeah, have thought balloons, guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was. Uh, not a good entry point. Um, one thing, good thing I will say about this book is that once the, the, the uh, issue is over, we get a selection of Alex Maleev oh, drawn DC yes, covers. Because apparently they're going to be doing a project together at DC. And yeah. I, for one, slightly hope it's a Batman book. Yeah, totally. Because he can draw the hell out of Batman. And also his art in this is great. And I didn't even, I didn't hate the issue by any means. Like, even towards, um, by halfway through, I was like gripped and... Um, you know, I was on board with the story. Yeah, I'll look, probably keep reading it because I think it's interesting. Oh, really? Alex Maleev's art is real good. I know that they're, that they're DC are releasing the trade of the the uh, first few issues of this. Yeah, um, so I'll maybe I'll pick that up and check it out. But um, I, I won't be sticking on it unless I catch up. Yeah. Also, I don't like Maleev's art is pretty good, but it, it reminded me more of Phil Noto throughout throughout this issue. Mm. Not not that Maleev scratchy goodness that I love so much. Mm, I know what you mean. Uh, over to Marvel now. Marvel decided, hey, oh wait, no, you've got one more DC book. I've got two more DC books. What the fart? Yeah, I know. A Silencer Annual. I should yeah. have read that. Um, okay, so we'll talk about that first. Silencer Annual by uh, Jack Herbert on art, who I don't know if he's the person doing the Silencer series no. at the moment. No. Nope. Um, but also written by Dan Abnett. And this is like partially, it's a, a flashback to when um, the Silencer was Talia's. Talia Al Ghul's best friend slash chief assassin, and it's um, Silencer versus Batman in Gotham. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, it was fine. I really miss Victor Bogdanovich on this book, but um, Herbert, <laughs> it was like he was more excited about drawing Talia than anyone else <laughs> in the book because he draws a really gorgeous Talia Al Ghul. And 
um, the sounds looks a bit silly, but I've also realised that what I thought was a little a little hat on her costume is when the the, the glasses flip up. Oh, it's a little uh, cool visor, glasses yeah, visor. Yeah, I thought it was a hat. Um, uh, I don't think that you really get much out of this if you're. A big fan of the series, but is, yeah. it a, is it a good introduction to the character if you're not reading the series? Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Give it a crack. It's fine. Better yet, I think the, tra- the first trade of the science that comes out very soon. Give that a crack. Yeah, instead. absolutely. I, I think I'd more recommend that. And I also I gave a red hot go to reading the Nightwing Annual, written by Benjamin Percy with art by Otto Schmidt, who, who is currently yeah, they're writing the book now, right? Yeah. Come over from um, Green Arrow. Both of them. And I really tried. But it was very boring. Why have they turned Nightwing into like he always fights monsters now? He's like a kind of like almost like a horror character. I don't know. Have you noticed that though? Like I feel like he's always he's always fighting like monsters. In this, it was like oh yeah. In this, he's fighting monsters, but it's also like monsters who are controlling the news because <laughs> the news is making everyone crazy. Fake news, people! Come on, sheeple! Hey, wake up! Nightwing is such a pure capes character. I don't I understand know. why you need to make him dark i know i know like oh i mean like he's always had an element of darkness in like bloodhaven or whatever yeah um but anyway this was boring don't worry about it guys okay there you go pass those both over to me though please sure so i can remember to type them up in our website which you can find at seriousissues.tumblr.com hey where all of the books are, are, are written up in the order of which we reviewed them isn't yeah. that nice? Yeah. Plus, I also listen back to the episode and put time codes for when we talk about each publisher. Which is very nice. Including Marvel, who released several number ones this week. Oh, um, I didn't read like any of those. Oh, really? Wow. So, first up, we have uh, Hunt for Wolverine. She really didn't. Hunt for Wolverine <laughs> Dead Ends, um, written by Charles Soule, with art by um, uh, Ramon Rosanas, and colors just- by Guru FX. My thing with this is like, um, I'll read The Return of Wolverine, but sure. come on. How many how many Return of Wolverine series like prelude series are you gonna make me read? So this is a one shot okay. that not only wraps up the four Return of what okay. was it called Hunt for Wolverine miniseries, but also like gives you a summation of what happened in each of them, okay. rendering all of those series like pretty pointless. Um, some of them were, were mostly enjoyable, uh, but yeah, like there's there's four there's six pages I guess it is where each character from each team. <laughs> Describes what happened right. during their four issue adventures. It's really just a wrap up. Yeah, um, and then um, that seems like fun. Then, uh, then, then, then there's an attack on um, on the academy. Um, the, sorry, the, in- what academy? It, the institute. What's the, the where do the fucking the school? Mutants? Yeah, what's it called? Xavier's. Is it school? Is it is it what is it called these days? Is it the it's a school for gifted children? Yeah, gifted gifted mutants? youngsters. Gifted youngsters, whatever. Is it the Jean Grey school still? Um, and basically, uh, there's a new villain called Persephone, and Persephone shows up um, with several recently killed um, humans who carry the mutant gene. And okay. so they've, she's been able to locate them uh, using technology found in one of them in the series. Um, and uh, so basically, her she, she presents them with 12 would-be mutants who she killed before um, they had the chance to, be, to become mutants. Okay. Um, and she says... if. Um, I know you want to try and find your friend, but I'm warning you, it, th- stop hunting for Wolverine or I kill more. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a pretty interesting wish- and fun threat. Sure. And so she then, re- it's revealed that she, this woman, Persephone, uh, has uh, Wolverine chained up by like laser chains. Ooh. So I guess what's, that's what the return of Wolverine is going to be about. Laser chains. Yeah. Uh, look, it's fun seeing um, 
different other characters from the Marvel Universe, like with Daredevil and Iron Man, uh, you know, hang out in the school and talk to the mutants. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was, it was a fun ride getting to that very heavy moment. Okay. Yeah. And uh, if you skipped all the other miniseries, you could just pick this up and know what happened, which is fun. Nice. Uh, we also got two Venom number ones. Yeah, this I don't week. know why I was like, no, to both of those. But well, I was. I understand why you don't want to read Venom First Host, written by Mike Costa, with art by Mark Bagley, and inks by Andrew Hennessy, colors by Dono Sanchez Almara. Uh, again, uh, if. Uh, if Daffy Duck and Joker was a very dated feeling book, mm. um, this is absolutely what Marvel's uh, dated book was this week. Uh, but this is a weekly miniseries that they're doing for a while that um, basically reveals that uh, Eddie Brock wasn't the first uh, person to come in to be to use the first host of he wasn't the, of, the first of, to come of, in Venom. Of, that's right. He wasn't the first to come in Venom. He was the he wasn't the first to use the first host of the symbiote. Okay. And so uh, there's a, there's a Cree guy. Oh, he was. I don't know. He's blue. Super duper. So it's going to be him coming. He's, he's, he's come to Earth to get his symbiote back, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. All right. It was, it was fine. Okay. It wasn't a bad book at all. Um, but then we got a one shot uh, written by Donny Cates, um, who is writing the uh, pretty good Venom series at the moment uh, with awesome art by uh, Juanan Ramirez and uh, Philippe Sobrero on colors. Uh, this is called uh, Venom. Right. Uh, Vietnam. Um, and this is part of Web of Venom. I guess maybe we might get a series of these one-shots. I'm not, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, as uh, Kate has revealed that uh, Venom isn't the only symbiote um, and they have a long history of uh, being used uh, in, in combat. Um, and so in this we see uh, Nick Fury uh, in... When's it set? I guess it was, sorry, obviously, during Vietnam, uh, enlisting the help of Wolverine okay. to help him track down... Uh, these symbiote experiments that the uh, U.S. Army has been uh, doing. They'll sound fun. It was really fun. Especially oh, wow. When the art's so cool. The art's great. Like, drawing, like, big spooky venom monsters and yes, heaps please. of, like, war stuff. Um, the take on Wolverine was really, really good. And I hope Kate's gets to write a Wolverine book at some point because he writes a great one. Um, and uh, there's a, like... Great reveal. Of course, you're kind of a Nick Fury senior book without the reveal that it wasn't actually Nick Fury senior. It was an LMD. Classic. And, Love uh, it. It's great. Just the, the Wolverine's re- realization is just so like, just like spiteful. Fuck mm. you, Nick. It's great. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, really fun. And just if you're already reading the Venom series, you should definitely read this. Um, we're getting a, a web of Venom one shot called Carnage Born soon, which I'm not really a Carnage guy, even no less way. than I am Venom, but check out that artwork. That yeah, like that's a lot amazing. of fun. I don't know. Stay tuned, cool. everybody. Finally, from Marvel, we got Daredevil Annual Number One, uh, which is not written by regular writer Charles Soule. Instead, it is written by Erica Schultz, who I'm not familiar with at all. But the art is by Marcio Takara. Yes, please. And Marcelo Maiolo on colors and the art just from the first page. I was like, oh my god, this is a great, great looking book. Sure is. Uh, this is actually more of a Misty Knight story uh, set before she loses her arm and becomes a hero when she is a, uh, a grumpy a p- policewoman. Uh, who hates all these damn New York New York heroes? Uh, Getting in mess, the way of justice. Up, exactly, messing up. Get the out justice. of my crime scene. Get out of my justice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, a pretty fun little sweet story of her, like kind of having to work alongside Daredevil and the start of their friendship. It was good. I like this. It was a really like sweet, Misty Knight. sweet annual. Yeah, I love Misty Knight too, and I, I thought the the art was uh, was killer. And uh, absolutely, um, Erica Schultz wrote Misty Knight really well. Yep. Agreed. Good, good Agreed annual. It's exactly what an annual should be. One hundred percent. Not it's a, it's a it's an issue that isn't necessary to the great to the greater story. Yes, but you don't finish it and go, 
why the fuck did I read that? Yes. You're like, oh, I'm glad I read that yeah. one. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good for you, Annual. It's good when you finish something and you don't think, why the fuck did I read that? <laughs> <laughs> um, this week was rare. Yeah. Uh, so we've got some, a couple of number ones. I literally only read that one. Oh, you fucked up. You did not read the best number one of the week. Oh, no. Uh, Aftershock have been it's delivering. we only have one copy on the shelf, so I was oh, like, okay. ah, I'll leave it for a customer, I suppose. Aftershock have been putting out some pretty cool books recently. Yes. Um, there was that one with the sandwich fingers. All of which I have not read. Um, I like that a lot. But this one's called Beyonders, and it's written by Paul Jenkins and um, art by Wesley St. Clair. What do I know Paul Jenkins from? Uh, he wrote the excellent Inhumans uh, Marvel yep, Knight series. Right. He also wrote the not excellent um, Wolverine Origin series. Yep. Great. Um, and uh, he's written a few. Uh, he's like British. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. He's written quite a few. Um, he actually wrote an Aftershock series. Uh, the one where the the transgender superhero, uh, which was not well received. Alters. I think that was Jenkins. I'm I can research sure. while you talk. Um, I'm the one with the laptop in front of me. Well, not the open one. Yeah. Um, it's just covered in comics. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Paul Jenkins uh, wrote this uh, new series called Beyonders, and um, it is a kind of like fun adventure esque series uh, out through Aftershock. Sorry, I'm like filling the void as I look up. Yeah. Be- uh, oh no, but he didn't write. Beyond, oh wait, I wrote, uh, sorry, I, I googled Paul Jenkins Beyonders. This is why you should not Google while you try and talk on a podcast. Uh, yeah, he was, he's written Spawn, he's written a bunch of Wolverine comics. Did he write Alters? Um, Let me look that up. He did. Great, there you go. He wrote Alters. But don't hold that against him. I written think a lot of Witchblade, he realized a lot he was, of Spidey. Yeah, he's written tons of comics over the years. Mm-hmm. He also wrote a very great Hellblazer run. Uh, is that Paul Jenkins? Yeah. Yep. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite Hellboys are runs. There you go. There you go. Um, anyway, so Beyonders, uh, number one, is a story of a uh, somewhat of a shut-in, a young boy who is a shut-in living in Alaska um, with his like uncle, who he basically is a, is, is a conspiracy theorist. And this is the kind of book where at first you're like, oh, man, there's so much text as he like goes through all these different conspiracies that are somehow linked, including someone that climbs uh, Mount Everest in 1924. And then um, like there's like links to like Stonehenge and like cool. uh, batteries that were that were um, developed in 20, 20, 250 BC in Baghdad. Cool. Um, and you're like, what's he talking about all these for? And he, basically he's a, he's a conspiracy obsessive um, I fucking kid. love conspiracies. I also love like... That style of, what was that movie that I watched that one time? About like the pyramids and aliens. Anyway, it's great and I love it. National Treasure 2. <laughs> I mean, yes. Um, the Scorpion King. No, it was like a 1970s documentary. Okay, like right. aliens, are they real? Excellent yes, stuff. they are. So this kid um, is like, you know, he, he's disconnected from the world. And so what he does to kind of like keep himself sane is he chats with random girls online. Um, As do we all. Yeah. And um, so he chats with somebody. And um, as she, singles in his area. As as she as he's talking to her, there's an electrical storm, uh-huh. and uh, he loses power in the internet. And then he goes to um, talk to his uh, talk to his his uncle, his carer, um, about fixing the internet. He finds out that like he he's he's not going to get into the colleges that he's that he thought he was going to get into. He's being okay. told that he needs to think about la- like manual like manual labor okay. instead of uh, using his brain oh, uh, and to let go of these stupid conspiracies. Um, and uh, his parent, he's like his carers, uncle and I guess uncle, uncle and auntie, auntie, I think maybe. Um, like, like come to the couch, watch this crappy television with us. He's like, oh no, thanks. And there's this great uh, page where he goes upstairs to bed, and they're on the couch um, watching watching television, and then um, it day turns into night, 
and he comes back downstairs and they're still in the same position watching television except one of their heads is kind of like lopsided Ugh. and then it's revealed that they're robots <laughs> <laughs> and his house is attacked by I guess a secret shadowy government agency um, and uh, his dog who is also a robot starts Great. blaring out uh, instructions on how what he should do if he wants to live um, and he basically narrowly escapes by hiding in in, in, a, in a cupboard um, and who should open the cupboard at the end of the issue but the girl that he was chatting online with ah. when the power storm happened and she says, come with me if you want to live. Fuck yeah. Um, that sounds fun. She invites him to join a, a covert group of freedom fighters known as the Beyonders. Cool. Really great, really well-paced, fun first issue. Um, I think I, I, it needed a plot recap as, as good as that so I could uh, mm. convince readers such as uh, everyone listening right now uh, to give it a shot. Yeah, that sounds uh, good fun. Beyonders. Really, really liked it. I loved the art by Wesley Sinclair. Um, somewhat similar to, I guess, like maybe like Gabrielle Barr and um, like, like kind of like way, yeah, yeah, way yeah. sketchier Gabrielle Barr and um, Fabio, Fabio Moon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. Really stylized, really fun. Um, recommend this book for sure. My favorite yeah, number cool. one this week. The competition wasn't very good, I will be honest, but Beyonders. Mm. Um, another one that was pretty good this week was mm-hmm. out through Black Crown through IDW, which has given us uh, great books like... Um, uh, Punk's not uh, dead. Yeah. Um, and Assassinistas. Assassinistas. That was one I was trying to think of. Um, and Euthanauts, which we'll be talking about later. Yeah. Uh, this is a book written by uh, Christopher Sabella, which makes it the third number one that we've talked about in, in, in about two weeks. Very short amount of time. Um, it features art by Sean McManus. Sean McManus. Sean McManus. Someone named Sean McManus is a um, familiar friend of mine. Oh, that's lovely. I don't doubt it's the same guy though. I feel like you would have heard about that. Definitely. He's, yeah, he would have figured out that I like comics and mm. he should tell me about it. Mm. Um, Colors by Lee Luridge on this book. Um, and uh, Siobhan, I've talked a lot in the last five minutes. You sure have. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I will continue to. <laughs> <laughs> You're so good at it. Um, so this book is weird, but I kind of liked it. It was. It's about a family who are very, very close. Two twin girls and an older brother and then their parents. And the kids are all homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, so we think that they can see <laughs> fucking how do you even explain this okay so halfway through um, we realize that something terrible happened to them they did some kind of experiment some kind of weird investigation and then now the whole family can see fucked up stuff everywhere yeah and the family begins to kind of experiment with like the occult yes basically and 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 doing these weird experiments that may or not be summoning things from the underworld. Or they might just be killing people on the road. And the young, the one of the twin girls realizes halfway through, she becomes sane and realizes that her whole family is crazy. And it's that funny thing of like, when things slowly, slowly start becoming crazy, you don't notice until all of a sudden you notice and you come back to earth and you're like, oh... My whole family are psychos. What do I do? Yeah, I still the, love them. How do I fix this? We get a pretty intense opening scene and then it kind of jumps back in time to when I guess the family began or at least the, the, the twins were kind of led into the, the insanity mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, jumps between those two time periods throughout the issue. Um, I think a lot of fun from this book will come from the, the twin that's decide, that's realized that, oh my God, what the fuck is my family up to? Yeah. And are, are they going to play along or are they going to try and find help or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so... That's kind of the drive of why I, why I would keep reading. Um, yeah, this is it's a weird book, and the art's quite strange. Um, but it is it's intriguing. It's a really different idea. It's something I haven't seen before. 
I'll, I'll read another couple of issues of this probably, if yeah. I remember. I'll give it a shot for sure. Yeah. So that's out through Black Crown now. It's called House Amok. Um, and finally, I tried to read uh, a new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number one called Shattered Grid, but I had no fucking idea what's going on <laughs> for the entirety of it. Because it's, it's like, a, I think that's uh, an event, event, right? That's it? happening right. within the main Power Rangers If there was series? a recap page... But there's like would have been useful. Like different. There's so many Power Rangers. What the fuck? Why are there two of all the Power Rangers? That's too many Power Rangers, by uh, at least half. And like, yeah, one of yeah, I guess one of them dies, and one of them is alive, and one of them the, uh, there's like <laughs> only one of them is alive. But the art is phenomenal. The art on this issue is by Danielle um, D. Nuculio and Diego Galindo, with ink assistance by Simona D. Gianfilice. Um, and written by Kyle, Kyle Higgins. Uh, this is a, a classic example of a book that I wish I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so much love goes into this. And the Absolutely. fan base for Power Rangers is rabid. Yeah, they're, they're mental. It's crazy. Um, they're up there with the most mental fans. Wow. Um, but also, I ha- like friends who are reading the current Power Rangers stuff say that it's incredible. I did read like the first 12 issues. And I was yeah. just like, why the fuck am I reading this? <laughs> and I liked that. That Pink Ranger miniseries yeah, yeah. that Kelly Thompson did. Yeah. But yeah, this is a universe that... Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think you have to be into... I think, yeah, to be, that was the problem. Was yeah. it, didn't, it wasn't like a fresh start for the comic book series. It had a lot of... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Presume knowledge from. The TV show, yeah, which I don't remember much of. Nope. But uh, whatever. I'm glad people are getting a really, really good Power Rangers book if they are fans of I'm it. I'm very happy for you. I'm even more glad, Siobhan, that that's the end of First Things First. Phew! And now we get to uh, roll the dice for just two because uh, DC didn't put any any extra uh, books out this what? week. What? I have two. Uh, DC did put extra books out this week, so ignore me. <laughs> Um, but before we roll the dice, okay. if you uh, want to discuss any of the comics you read in the last week, the best place to do that is the Serious Issues Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Uh, and uh, if you go there, you'll be able to talk about all the books that we just talked about there. In fact, any comic book, but especially if you maybe are someone who enjoyed the Looney Tunes and DC yeah. comic books. No judgment whatsoever. We, we want to know why people like these yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. I'd really love to hear if that appeals to someone and why. 
Uh, so yeah, facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast, and you can join thousands of other listeners and comic book fans every day. Woohoo! Woo! So let's roll the dice, Siobhan. Uh, first, I'm going to roll a... Image. Image first. Image first, and then we're going to roll a DC, who definitely put out books this week, so it's going to go Image, <laughs> then DC, then Marvel. All right. Kicking off with The New World, uh. issue number two. Um, we loved the first uh, bumper issue. Very bumper, bonus, extra-sized. Large. Large issue. Um, number one that we got uh, last month, written by Alice Scott with uh, Trad Moore uh, on art. Mm. Heather Moore on uh, on colors. Mm. And uh, this is a, uh, a future future book, book, book in the future. About, book in the future. Uh, reality <laughs> TV show in which uh, basically it's like cops, but you get to vote on whether the cops... Uh, kill. Kill. Exactly. And our heroine is the granddaughter of the President of the United States, and she is a cop, but she refuses to kill. And they've said, enough of that, little lady. you got to kill this guy. And also, it's the guy that you had sex with last night at a rave. Yeah, so our two would-be heroes are, are I guess, star-crossed lovers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because w- the, the, their country demands that one of them kill the other. Um, yep. But the main reason this book is great is Trad Moore. It is so good. <laughs> this is definitely like the, the Alice Scott book that of, of theirs that I've enjoyed the most in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and, and the writing is really good, especially after how much setup and world building we got in that first issue. Like Alice Scott really did take their time ensuring that we knew so much about each character and mm-hmm. the worlds they came from before. Um, you know, now it's just a story focused book. This issue was a. Uh, was really really fun and fast, uh, and uh, Alice, uh, sorry, Tradmore was given a lot more crazy shit to do in the pages. There's a brilliant page in which um, uh, there's a, a car busting out of a garage, and the, just the the line the work debris. on it. It's just so good, <laughs> and all of the like um, really close f- uh, close ups on the faces mm-hmm. are amazing. There's such incredible so like good. character designs. Everyone's so unique. Everything feels like lived in and I wish I could, ex- I just feel like, I feel, you know, when you have that, like, oh, I feel like emotion because yeah. I love it so Me much. Too. I love um, his art so much. One of our listeners and friends, Albert, um, got in touch with Tradmore recently about oh, cool. doing uh, a sketch. Cool. He charges 3000 US for a sketch. <laughs> and, and he was like, no, thanks. I'm like, well, to be honest, that's probably less than one cent a line. Considering yeah, absolutely. How much effort I was like, Tradmore puts into his sketches. I think that's fair for the amount of work <laughs> you'd be getting. I won't be purchasing one, but um, all power to you if you can afford it. Yeah, definitely. I love the moment where um, the bad guy, is he the president? He's something. He's the this pro- guy um, is like in the bath. No, no, that that's um, a- that's another another fighter, another cop. Another ah, cop. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Who used to work with um, the, the, father the father of, yeah, of the, um, the, the, the our hero. anti-establishment hero. Yes, that's right. Um, we're but I like that he's in the bath the holding a um, Polaroid. Yeah, that's very good, good shit. Um, this is a great, great book. Alice Scott and Tradmore doing excellent work together. Um, and I feel like everyone listening should be reading it. Yeah, if you're not reading it, please pick it up. Tradmore's up. I reckon like. He's our favorite artist together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say, I would say yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, by all means, please pick up The, uh, the New World, issue number two. It's great shit. How's it selling, Jimbo? How's The New World selling? At King's. Good? Yes? It's selling, yes. Oh, God, why did I bother? <laughs> Just trying to ask a fucking question. Uh, okay. Also through Image this week, we got the final issue of uh, Volume 1 of Isola. Um, which is a, an excellent series that we've loved from the start, written by Brendan Fletcher and Carl Kershaw, with art by Carl Kershaw and Ms. Sassy K. 
Um, and uh, this is a book about a uh, a queen who has become a lion and one she's of a tiger. A tiger, sorry, a magic tiger. Yeah, um, blue tiger. Her, basically, her, her she's she's been transformed into a tiger because of uh, dark magic and betrayal. Yep. Um, and one of her workers, one of her, her bodyguards, her bodyguards, yeah, has has basically been tasked with guarding this, protecting uh, her, protecting this tiger's body through the. Dangerous and magical jungles. Yes, and they're on a journey to try and find the island of Isola. That's right, um, and uh, it's fucking good shit. <laughs> yeah, it's just beautiful. Like Jim and I were talking about this before, and I think that a this will read really a bit better in trade mm-hmm. once you have it all together because the story does kind of jump around a bit. And I, uh, Jim was saying he wished it was a little bit tighter in terms of the writing, and I do agree with that. Um, but the art is so beautiful that I'm willing to forgive pretty much any minor missteps in terms of the writing. I like the writing in that, like, our main character is so flawed and desperate that Absolutely. Her, her speech not making sense sometimes works for her character. I guess I mean more like the plotting. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, like, the, the dialogue and stuff, I think, is great and spot on and always engaging, um, but it just sort of is a bit all over the shop. It feels a little as though they're writing it as they, as they, go, as they go along. Yes, yeah. but, um, man, Carl Kershaw is doing some amazing stuff and the colours are just beautiful. Yep. Really enjoy this book. If you like sort of um, fantasy stuff, if you like uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, if you like Miyazaki movies, yes, I think that this would really jubilee. appeal to you. Yeah. If you like fantasy in the same way that I like, only very, some, very, very limited. Very, very good fantasy. fantasy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good book for you to check out. If you don't like trash fantasy. The first trade, I think, comes out next month. And I uh, will remind you because it's a, it's a real hot book. Yeah, absolutely. Real good shit. Uh, DC. DC. You're any, uh, very, very quickly. I read two Batgirl books. I read Batgirl Annual, issue two, written by current um, Batgirl writer May Reed Scott. I should be able to pronounce her name. Um, and art by Elena Casagrande and colors by Geordie Belair. And so this issue um, deals with... The evilest Gordon, James. Oh, cool. Batgirl's brother. Um, so a bunch of murders are happening around around old Gotham Town, and Batgirl realizes that they are exactly the same as this um, from her favorite horror movie growing up that she and her brother used to watch all the time together. So she's like, fucking James, I bet it's him, but he's still in Arkham or wherever. Blackgate. Um, and so it turns out that he's been pen pals with all these women who have murderous tendencies and he has been instructing them and um, coaching them on how to be the very best serial killers they can possibly be. Oh, no. Um, but this was a really engaging sort of psychological drama between Batgirl and her evil uh-huh. brother, who is a consistently forgotten member of the Gordon family. But um, I enjoyed this. I thought it was really good. Yeah, a good one to pick up if you were a fan of Black Mirror, Batman, Batman the Black yep, Mirror. The, absolutely. The best Scott Snyder Batman book. Objectively the best. Objectively the best. It's the best one. Um, but yeah, I thought this was good. And I think that um, May Reed Scott has a good handle on Babs as a character, as is also indicated through Batgirl issue 26. So she wrote two issues of Batgirl this week. Yes. Good effort. Um, so written by May Reed Scott, illustrated by Paul Pelletier, um, inks by Norm Rapmund, and colors again by Jordi Belair. This is Batgirl versus Grotesque, who is... I like this kind of... Um, making the Batgirl book a bit more like a, a horror book or like a that's sort of the vibe that it's gotten. Like this is an extremely gory Batgirl book um, because her villain, this guy Grotesque, is a artist who um, you know, kills in artistic gross ways and then mm-hmm. makes art with the innards. Gross. Um, 
And you know, ugh. Ugh, ugh, disgusting. Did I actually finish this? <laughs> ah, what happened in the end of it? Just say yes. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this is this is quite good. Does it? I, main- I like her handle on um the character, and it ends with her having a crazy seizure. Oh no! What's going to happen? Shit! What's going to happen, Babs? Um, she'll be fine. She'll be great. Michelle should be fine. Does it work? Her like, does a horror setting work for the character? I think it does. Yeah, like the, I, 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 we started this episode with me complaining about Nightwing always being in, in horror situations. Yeah, totally. Monsters. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it does work for her. Okay. Uh, sort of having her be more like a, it's more of like a psychological drama, and have it be more like serial killers. I think works a bit better for her because she's like the, I'm like a. Oh, right, but it's not monsters. No, 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 it's not it's monsters. I, it's I view, like I view Night, Nightwing and ba- Batman, Batgirl especially, as very street-level heroes. Yeah. This I, don't, is I like, don't need them going up against supernatural malarkey. Exactly. Although I do like it when he has to fight, like, Killer Croc or some shit. Yeah. Some I mean, classic, he's, he's still, classic monsters. He's, he's slightly below street level with a sewer. Yeah. <laughs> the under-street level. Um, anyway, I think this was great. I think she's under really... Under the street. Under the street. That's good. That's good. Real good stuff. Uh, that's DC. <laughs> now we move over to Marvel, uh, and we've got Edge of Spider Geddon, issue number two, um, the series of one shots uh, leading up to the next big Spider event, uh, in which we get uh, a, a one issue uh, featuring a different Spider hero from somewhere in the multiverse. And this week we got a return to a Gerard Way uh, created Spider hero, Penny uh, Parker. That's right. Um, who it's almost like his kind of tribute to like. Like Evangelion or, mm-hmm. or like you know mech mm-hmm. uh, shows, uh, she basically yeah is she she is one of the few people who can pilot uh, a spider mech. Absolutely. So it's written by Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thompson, based on a story by Gerard Way. Pencils and inks by Alberto Albuquerque and colors by Triona Farrell. Uh, looked great. Very loved cute. The art. Fucking loved the cover, especially. Absolutely. Cover by Jake Wyatt, who I'm not familiar with at all, but I need to read everything he's ever done because that's a great cover. Uh, story is uh, basically the reveal that her family um, has been uh, training another girl to pilot another mech, which is a Venom mech. Yes, please. And is it really yes, please? Did you I like- thought it was all right. Okay. I thought it was good fun. Okay. You, and then the Venom, let's then keep the Venom positive. Eats, eats the lady, eats the chick that they've been training, and then also Aunt May. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty weird. Yeah, I know. And then, then don't seem that sad about Aunt May being eaten. It just happens really quickly. And you're yeah. like, oh, shit. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry I didn't save them from all being killed, Uncle Ben. And he's like, that's okay. <laughs> it, it, because it was his fault. <laughs> I bought fault. you some coffee. <laughs> it was his fault that they got eaten. Yeah. Yeah, Uncle Ben is um, Uncle Ben has very little responsibility. I think mm. I think someone needs to teach him a lesson. Frankly, himself maybe. Maybe maybe if he if he dies. But then Spider Ham shows up. Yeah, <laughs> Spider Ham shows up and is like, "Hey, f- fucking, we need you in the, in the Spider Verse." It's <laughs> my Spider Ham impersonation. It's really good. Um, yeah, I like look. I'm enjoying these silly little Edge of Spider Geddon um, one shots. Me too. That's I like all fun. these stupid Spider characters. It's good fun. Stupid. Um, we also got issue two of Extermination. Nope. The, the X-Men event, which is written by Ed Brisson with art by Pepe Larraz. Which I am refusing to read. And Marty Gracia. Why, though? I don't know. You would like this one. Yeah, I know. I just decided I'm putting my foot down Cable's here. young and hot now. God, I forgot about that. I mean, he was already kind of hot as a old guy. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> but now he's hot. <laughs> you mu- now you must young understand my taste in men. <laughs> um, and, uh... Give me those jacked up grandpas. <laughs> That is the name of the episode. 
I get like I, I start to panic when we go over like near the hour mark, and I'm and like, "Fuck! What are we gonna call this episode? <laughs> Give me those jacked up grandpas, right?" <laughs> 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 no one asked for your opinion, I Wayne. Love, I love how it's just like, <laughs> I reckon 75% of our episodes have been named after something pretty horny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's kind of the main thing. I'm sorry. Hey, your Spider-Ham impersonation. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, uh, all, yep, all of the original time-displaced X-Men are... Um, See, that's why I don't want to read it, because I don't be, care about yeah, them. Yeah, but they're being hunted down to be sent away forever. Oh, that's good. Um, and Phew. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's Ahab. Is, uh, is, you know, Ahab? What, from like... Um, the thing with the whale? Yeah, that... that <laughs> really? Isn't there... A, is, there's no X-Men villain called Ahab? Whatever. I don't know. But he's he's, know he's responsible for the um, the lines on Rachel Gray's face and... Okay. She makes... Sure. T- turns her into a hunter for him. Um, the hounds. He has hounds. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, he's like an Age of Apocalypse guy. Yeah, totally. Okay. So And so, he, he's trying to kill the, um, the time-displaced X-Men as... A young version of Cable, who has killed the old version of himself, okay, um, tries to like steal the time displays X Men. Cool. No one trusts anybody, and at one point they go, "I think we need to split into groups of four blah blah." blah. I guess, that, <laughs> I guess that's you what's be the happen. gold team, we'll be the blue team, and there'll be four separate miniseries and a final one shot. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Extermination. It's pr- it's it's immensely readable. Okay, I will say it's one of those like dumb event books that you just. Yeah. Just Did anyone t- die? Turn, uh, they're all being hunted down. Are they being hunted down by young sexy cable? Uh, yeah, I mean, one, one got one got taken. One more got taken. Okay. So yeah, a few of them got taken. Super duper. But like, it's one of the, you turn half your brain off and just look, just let, just look let, at let it. the book. Just look at the pictures. Blah. You don't even need to use your hands to turn the pages. They do it for you. <laughs> um, we got issue nine of um, Chip Zdarsky and Ramon, Ramon Perez's uh, Marvel Two in One: The Thing and the Human Torch, which. Uh, also known as Sad Best Friends. Sad Best Friends in a uh, time that's already been resolved because of bad editing decisions over at Marvel. Yes. Um, which is especially stupid because, yeah, basically like the Fantastic Four series started in which we know the, you know, the, the displaced Fantastic Four members have returned um, before this series got to finish telling mm. its story. But now they've just announced that Fantastic Four is experiencing going to experience big delays oh really so they should have just waited a little bit just, longer you should have just chilled the fuck out marvel anyway anyway um, at least in this we get a hilariously drawn thinkers butt in like almost every panel yeah i, I love ramon perez but he definitely has uh, drawn this a lot faster than he normally draws <laughs> yeah. his comics yes um, agreed uh, there are some wonky faces and we have um uh yeah johnny and ben who are stuck in this different version different part of different universe different versions of all the characters we know and love they don't have powers because they've been separated from their fam yep for so long so they've lost their powers and um johnny starts the issue by being like i hate you ben we're not best friends anymore and finishes the issue by saying you're my best friend i got your buddy yeah and uh Someone mysterious shows up at the end. I guess it's this version of Sue, this this universe's version of Sue Storm. Maybe pretty amazing if it just was Sue Storm. Yeah, I think I would love it if it was. Someone threw a chip of bone already. Yeah, come on, um, he loves yeah. bones. I, I, I'm 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 not as into this this uh, kind of different universe as um, compared to the first half of the series. Yeah, but it's still good. Yeah, and I you, I do still wish they didn't just allowed to tell this story. Yeah, me too. Oh fuck, I missed Moon Knight. Oh, because that was funny because I missed the last issue of Moon Knight, which mm. I read before I read this one, thankfully. Um, cool. Oh, how good is this? It was Father's Day in Australia. It sure was. Happy Father's Day. 
Thank you so much. Um, and and like, likewise to your lovely boyfriend, Nate. The lovely um, Nate. <laughs> canonically lovely Nate. Um, <laughs> but uh, I got I woke up at, at uh, because my body clock's fucked and won't let me sleep in anymore. I woke up very early. That's fucked up. 20 past six. Oh, my God. And was just like, oh, I'm awake. And um, then Archie came in uh, shortly after and woke up B. And um, they... But Archie was like, Dad, go back to bed. <laughs> and so they like potted around the house and made pancakes cute while i got to read in bed all my comics in like 90 minutes that's really nice just, that's actually a really nice father's day it was the best it was that's such really a good nice. morning because i'd read all the shit comics already and it was just <laughs> all hits including the next three we're about to talk about yes please. and i even caught up on issues that i that i missed in the past like such as the uh Zdarsky spectacular spider-man um that's whatever the fuck it is peter parker the peter spin, parker yeah, yeah. the that awesome Sandman issue. That yeah, how cool was it? Oh, man, with the brilliant art by... Um, Real good. What's his name? I don't know. He's the best. He's, I can't remember. can't remember. He's great. Anyway, whatever. Moon oh, Pacello. Pacello. Chris Pacello. Um, Moon Knight issue number 198 came out, which is uh, basically uh, the following... The continuation of the story in which Moon Knight uh, goes to a... Uh, like a sadists meeting yeah, to yeah, be yeah. inducted into their club as but in, in doing so he's like I love violence and I'm going to beat the shit and probably kill all of you yeah and that's my initiation to yeah. this group you're a part of <laughs> um, written by Max Bemis uh, who recently announced that he's, his run is coming to an end quite soon I think oh. but he's going to do other things I'm sure uh, Jason Burrows on pencils on this one uh, inks by Guillermo Ortego and Matt Miller on colours um, this is a great issue um, in which uh Moon Knight is kind of forced to do all these tests to to join the uh, the, the saddest group. Great. Uh, at one point, he eats a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how insane. Yes. Uh, it's oh, see so- Wayne is like the biggest killjoy about Moon Knight. He's like, oh, this is like this is creative and interesting and fun, and it's so silly. I hate that because I hate fun because I'm a boring old man. I just it's it it has a lot of fun with you know yes. the. The basic the, the, concept of Moonlight. And the, like, you know, the, how unstable he is and how yep. he has all these different personalities. And, yep. Um, at one point, Fool Killer is like forced to be Moon Knight Shrink, like at gunpoint to be Shrink. <laughs> and like, oh, it, then then he just starts beating the shit out of everybody. And, like, right. And then uh, Jake, um, yep. who is the, 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 the cab driver, who's kind of become like the dark part of, of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to do all the most evil things. Basically... Uh, decides that he has to take over Moon Knight's uh, body to 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 finish this like this one final act. Um, and oh, what uh, is it? What's the ter- it's to kill one? a child unless oh. he wants his own child to die. And uh, oh, Moon Knight no. says, "Fuck off! I'm not doing that." Even the the darker side of Moon Knight won't kill a child. Hell yeah! Um, and so then the next is going to be a big big showdown. It was a really brilliantly plotted issue. I, I don't know why you wouldn't like this. It's really good. Wayne, okay, Wayne and I have 100% different taste, 100% of the time. If he likes something, I'm like, cool, I'm never reading that because I'm going to fucking hate it. <laughs> He's not in the room and right he now. Like, <laughs> he likes everything that's bad. I like everything that's good. And that's why the, the Venn diagrams will never cross over. And our kids are way better than Wayne's <laughs> kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, That's like, too far. That's, I can't believe you said that. Too long. <laughs> Um, so uh, anyway, I love the art on that as well. Yeah, Jason Burrows is, is so fucking good. Uh, I hope he Max just Bemis, such a handsome. Yes, uh, Moon Knight. Everybody really. Yeah. Um, I hope Max Bemis sticks around at Marvel, and I also hope Eddie Burrows sticks around too, because they're both two great recent additions to the roster. Agreed. X twenty three issue Speaking three of amazing artists. Uh, save this one. One of the one of the last books yeah. uh, that I read uh, while in bed as as the smell of pancakes 
gently wafted through my room. That's nice. Um, Mariko Tamaki wrote this book with art by Juan Cabal and colors by Nolan Wooded. Uh, this is, of course, the uh, uh, X23, I was going to say X Wolverine book. Uh, Laura Kinney and Gabby, um, aka Honey Badger, um, basically tasked with uh, solving clone related crimes. Clone crimes. Um, and uh, this whole. The Cuckoo th- Sisters have been up to some bullshit. And they've kidnapped Gabby. And there's a brilliant switcheroo, which they do by um, convincing Laura with their evil mind powers that they mm-hmm. that they inherited from Emma Frost. That she uh, they basically like convince Laura to take down a van that doesn't have Gabby in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then th- there's a brilliant page of like what what Laura sees versus what she's actually done. Yeah, which is great. Um, inclu- uh, which follows a really excellent action scene too. Um, Juan Cabal is like has done so much for the character of um, X-23 and Gabby, like bringing him over from the um, Tom Taylor series to this is such a brilliant idea. And I think he's incredible at like costume design and yep. character design. He's incredible at like uh, like panel layouts. There are some really interesting pages in this book. I think that he um, does incredible action sequences as well. Like yeah. he's fucking so good. So good, man. I love how often the characters have like outfit changes. Yes. I love the cuckoo's new look as well. Absolutely. And the like uh, the final costume for Laura. I don't know. I'm trying to think of who this um, looks kind of like Warpath. It's always going to say from, Warpath from yeah. uh, uh, X-Force. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great costume. It's a good costume. Um, and uh, the cover for the next one is fucking miserable as hell. So I hope that Mariko Tamaki doesn't get too dark with this. Yeah, and if you kill Gabby, we'll kill you. I'll kill you. That's that's our that's our that's our deal that we're given to Mariko Tamaki. Uh, I don't think she will <laughs> take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like this issue though. Yeah, it's a great, great issue. issue. It's um, a great run. But Siobhan, you know what issue I left till absolutely. Wait, hang last. on. Let me talk about this oh, first, okay, and then cool. we can talk about it. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to very quickly talk about The New Mutants, Dead Souls, Issue 6, from Matthew Rosenberg and art by Adam Gorham. Um, so this is like the, the trendy, fucking chatty, blah, 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 blah version of um, The New Mutants. The team led by Magic with like Strong Guy and uh, Danny Moonstar and some of those other amazing characters that we all know and love. The, the Wolf Lady, the Scottish Wolf Lady. Wolf's Bane. Yep. Oh, and it's all to do with what's the what's ah? Oh, this isn't a good review. <laughs> why did anyone? Was it let a good me, comic? Why did anyone let me do this? Um, what's that guy? What's the what's the what's the guy who says friend self self whatever? Oh, he has the same name as another hero. Warlock. Just to get it. Warlock. Yeah. Is a warlock. Yeah. Um, it's all to do with him, and he's like taking people over, and is maybe a bad guy, and it's I don't really understand what's going on in this, and I don't really enjoy it that much, but the art's pretty good. Okay. The end. Still reading it. Yes, yeah, that you've almost copied your review every time. <laughs> I know. I, why am I doing it anyway? It's fine. <laughs> um, now we can talk about something good. So I mentioned saving one comic till last um, in my bed, and uh, I say that was uh, Runaways issue number twelve, written by Rainbow Rowell with art by Chris Anker and colors by Matthew Wilson. Um, I've, I've mentioned in the past that I think I'm starting to like this run more than the original run, mm-hmm. which is high high praise because it's the Brian K. Vaughan run of uh, you know his, his yep. creation. He's one of my favorite runs of all time. Yep. And I just love this run so much. And so fucking good, man. Because and there's an amazing interview with Chris Anker that was shared in the um, Serious Issues Facebook page recently, mm-hmm. which kind of goes through his process in, um, you know, because he, he, he spends so much time uh, designing these dresses that the female characters yeah. wear. So and much thought they put into Gert's, um, like, new look mm-hmm. and the outfit reveal and all that stuff. 
But just that he kind of like grew up with these characters and he knows what these characters would be doing now because he spent time with characters just like them when they were being written to begin with mm-hmm. and he's watched those same characters grow up in real life. And he feels like he knows, you know, from a place... This is just like what the artist says about the characters. Yeah. And, you know, Rainbow Ralph feels the same way, I guess. But this is all about like the relationships that form within these young people that, you know, were kind of forced to become close mm-hmm, mm-hmm. after their parents were turned out to be evil. And... Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's two moments in this where where basically basically four characters, two two couples are basically formed in yes. this two two unlucky couples, one of which we thought may have happened in the almost happened in the past, yeah, and Ugh. another very new one too, <laughs> and they're really really sweet moments yeah. of 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 co- them connecting in a way, yeah. And I thought it was like oh shit, it's a bit much having two maybe in the one issue, but I still loved it, yeah. And as I was like, maybe this is a bit too saccharine overall. Nope. Know, I was like. I, I turned the page. Did you see there's a, there's a second yeah, yeah, ending? Yeah. And we see the return of Alex. Holy shit. So Holy Al- shit. And that's especially exciting, not just because I was such a massive fan of him, you know, as a, as a villain in the mm. first, uh, in the first uh, iteration of Runaways, but I've enjoyed him so much uh, re- more recently in the Power Man and Iron Fist that David Walker did. Yep. And uh, I'm, I just, I love what they did, what he did with the character. Absolutely. Turned him into this almost like childish Gambino-esque villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I can't wait to see what he does now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plus hookups. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever wanted to see a girl making out with a disembodied robo man head in a cloud of beautiful glow-in-the-dark blue butterflies, this is the fucking <laughs> book for you, my friends. And then a few pages after that, you get to watch two girls in the most amazingly designed dresses ever make out. Finally get together. <laughs> Finally. And just like there's such little like, like they think so, like Chris Hanker obviously thinks so much about this and he's so aware of what like girls are wearing down to the fact that like their makeup is like perfect. Like Carolina's wearing like this really um, full-on highlight. And you're like, fucking that's what girls do now. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Great. I love this shit. Such an awareness of what people, like so many different kinds of people would wear too. Yeah. Um, and there's a brilliant callback to an earlier moment in the first uh, series of Runaways mm-hmm. at the start of this that then, you know, leads really well onto the end of it so perfectly. And there's also even like an awesome <laughs> chase moment where Chase does something really nice for Carolina so that Carolina, whatever, yeah. so that she can move in, makes like an elaborate tunnel system so that there's sunlight. Of course, sunlight. There's, a, there's a nice Chase moment because Chase is the best. Chase is so Chase nice. Chase is like one of my top five Marvel characters, yeah. I think. Yeah. Chase is like resourceful and intelligent and I'd date you, Chase. <laughs> I would too. Um, Runaways, issue 12. I mean, I say it every single time it comes out. It's, it's my favorite issue. It's my favorite comic. It's, it's the best... <laughs> It's the best. <laughs> is it the best comic the Marvel are putting out at the moment? Probably. Uh, yeah. It's my favorite. It's, it's not Thor anymore. I think it's definitely Runaways. It's just so X-23 funny, is pretty close there too. I would say those two comics are my favorite comics that I read this week. Yeah. But since Marvel is over, Siobhan, we get to move over to other publishers, which featured two comics that came very close. Um, and yeah. they are... Um, one was written by Teeny Howard. The other was written by Vita Ayala. Um, and they are two very good writers. Um Tell me about Youth and What's quickly because I, I learned a cool fact about both of them. Okay. Oh, God. Um, okay, so I really struggle to understand. I like Youth and What's, but I don't know what the fuck is going on. Do you know what's going on? It's all like uh, in the last issue we saw our hero who works in a um, uh, what's in between a retirement village and a morgue, a funeral home. Those were the first two things that I thought of. A funeral home. And she's obsessed with death and she sees an old cancerous lady in the pub where she is with her friends and then the old cancerous lady beans her in the head with her um, 
weird magic. No, the the big thing that she was carrying around, the breathing thing, oxygen tank. Yeah, oxygen tanks are magic. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and then she has some weird connection to some kind of um, afterlife, and the old lady is there too, and then she has some powers, Mm -hmm. and the old lady left her everything, and now she's going to do some kind of uh, death magic. Yeah, so I I didn't love the first issue of Euthanauts, which comes out through Black Crown. Yeah, again, it's written by Teeny Howard with art by Nick Robles and colours by Eva very, very De La good. Cruz. Um, and this issue, like, basically just threw us head on into, like, this th- how, how insane this girl's world is now mm-hmm. because she's had, like, basically she's gone, she's visited death and come back. Yep. Thanks to this lady. Um, and uh, she learns that she's inherited... This woman's fortune and, and her lab, and her, yeah, her, like basically, it's only her and one other guy who've inherited use of her lab. Um, and we meet him as well. And uh, it's and just he wants to destroy everything, yeah. Well, it just there's very different ethos when it comes to uh, science attitude. <laughs> I was gonna say attitudes towards death, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This was like a really, really cool issue that, um, I think made a lot more sense of the world than the first issue did because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, didn't like. Really, the first under- issue didn't really grab you. Yeah, I didn't understand a lot of it too. Like, I'm too stupid for it. But this was, uh, yeah, it's slightly easier to follow, and uh, the characters definitely were allowed to shine a lot more. Absolutely, and, uh, I, I really enjoyed this issue. I thought it really it was a massive step up from issue one. Uh, so that was written by Teeny Howard. Um, Euthanauts comes out through Black Crown, and then the other book was a, is a vault book called Submerged, written by Vita Ayala. Um, which I assume you're loving this series too, right? Yeah, with Abe Lisa style. And I'm going to make a special point to say, Laura. This is the book that you were like, what was that one you reviewed on the podcast? And um, it sounded really cool and I couldn't remember the name of it. It's this book. Who's it's called Laura? Submerged. Talking to X23? Talking to X23? Um, no. Laura Dern? Laura is um, an amazing uh, Belgian who used to come to Queens of Kings when she lived in Australia, but she's had to move back to Belgium. Oh. And she is very much missed. Anyway, she listens to the podcast. Hey, Laura. Hey, Laura. Have a waffle for me. <laughs> They're delicious. I know nothing. She about hates your Tintin. Country. She hates Tintin. She's like everyone around me loves Tintin. I hate Tintin. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, are you sure she wasn't just saying that in your house, <laughs> not not just her country in general? Um, but yeah, so these two writers, um, uh, two writers that I guess we've read a lot of in uh, the last uh, year or so, uh, mm-hmm. serious issues. We loved um, Tini Howard's Assassinistas, and Video Yala has been. Uh, this is a second uh, series for Vault that I've enjoyed, mm-hmm. um, and they are two writers that have been pegged for the new Marvel Knights relaunch. Oh. Donny Cates is spearheading. Oh, and uh, it, it's going to be re- it's going to be revealed very soon what what he is writing. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Have they revealed what they're writing? No, not yet. But I'm mm. I think that's a really really cool that's move really, on Marvel's behalf yeah. because they're both they're two really promising writers. Yep. who are very different to your average uh, Marvel writer. Yep, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think it's a, a really cool move, and I can't wait to see what they get handed. Absolutely. Anyway, submerged issue number two with great art by Lisa Stoll. I love Lisa Stoll. Great art, colors by Stelladia. Mm. Um, and this is uh, about a uh, a young twenty something girl trying to find, or maybe even teenager, trying to find uh, her brother who has been lost to a spooky ghost train. Yeah, and uh, she and another um, young child who has also lost his family are basically trying to navigate this uh, haunted subway and fight off uh, ghosts who are using who are trying to attack them using physical and mental attacks yes the ghost takes on the form of like her dead mother it seems like which yeah is and it's below re- the belt frankly it, it's really cool and weird but um and beautiful lisa stills art mm-hmm. this is the lisa still had long lost as well yep. right good good work getting her for this book she's Absolutely. awesome it's good seeing her work colored too um, yeah, it's it's cool. 
it's it's an it's another very like fun, confusing, weird one. If you love classic Vertigo era stuff, but want to see it, not written by an old British white guy, uh, definitely pick up this book. I like it a lot. So yeah, no, same, it's same. I really, think it's really, issue. really great. Uh, on to Valiant now. They put out Harbinger Wars two issue number four, um, in which Livewire kills hundreds of peeps, possibly innocent people. She's like, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, pretty weird yeah, pretty decision. Weird. Like, 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 I, like I made, a, I suggested that they kind of Carol Danvers her last, last, mm. it, last issue, um, which happened in Civil War Two. Yes, and Har- Harbinger Wars sees another um, female superhero uh, being given something shit. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, it was kind of enjoyable to read. But if you were, if someone that really connects with that character, I can imagine this is a pretty painful one to read. Yeah, unless Ma- you really connect with um, the act of killing millions of people for that's like in war. That's my kink. Yep. Um, written by Matt Kent with art by Thomas Giarello, uh, Renato Guedes, and Diego Rodriguez. I think this series does suffer from the fact that they've they've split up the. Um, sort of moments into the different characters and they sort of have the artist from that book doing the pages. Right. And so it's a bit all over the shop and I don't think it reads especially, I don't think it flows especially well as like as a single issue. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, Um, But but yeah, this is fine. We get a prologue. um, uh, This is the the final issue of this. Then we get the aftermath issue coming uh, at the end of September. Yeah. Uh, I'll be glad when it's over and I can just get back to reading regular Valiant books. Yeah, because there's a bunch of new Valiant series launching that um, seem pretty cool. In fact, is Vita Ayala writing Livewire? Ooh, I'd Yes, she that. is. With art by Roel Allen and Patricia Martin, which is the, fucking that's the yes, team, please. team from Secret Weapons. So that's fucking awesome. That's what I want. Cool. So there's good good things on the I mean, but it's so weird that, like, you know, hey, you get to write this great character, but... Um, <laughs> but she's just but done she's just some really hundreds of people. So, you know, so have, have fun, fun bringing re- her back. Redeeming that. <laughs> I hope it's just like, it was my evil twin. <laughs> oh, cool. Ken Lashley's going to be doing um, Bloodshot. That's cool. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, and Jody Hauser continues to do Faith. Great. Um, Dark Horse gave us Blackwood issue number four, written by Evan Dorkin with Veronica and Andy Fish on art duties. Uh, and this was the kind of fun, uh, haunted uh, school for the occult um, yep. that four ne'er do well kids were kind of uh, received scholarships to and then found themselves in over their heads, surrounded by dark magic and, and fucked up things happening. This is a funny way to end the issue, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, it was weird. I like that it's very um, open-ended. There's the potential for many, many, many more stories to be told in this universe. Mm, I don't think a book is truly open-ended if the if, if the end has just a period after it. You need to have the full the dot, end. Dot, no, question, question mark. mark. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really like this series. I, not some not as much as I like Evan Dawkins. Um, uh, what's the one with Beast of Burden? Oh yeah. But um, but this is yeah. still pretty cool. Beast Burden is like the best thing Evan Dawkins ever done, frankly. Yeah. But I really loved Veronica Fish's art on this. I thought it was a massive step up from what we've seen her do in the past. And uh, I could see this like if if this continues on and it becomes like another one of Evan Dawkins series that he returns to every year or so for Dark Horse, I'm super on board with that. Yeah, me too. Because it's a good fun concept. Definitely. I like schools where, where creepy shit happens. Absolutely. Um, so that is it for all of our reviews for this week. Um, Siobhan, I put in my order for this week coming up. Good job. Um, do you want to know what cool comics we've got? No. Um, it's a relatively small, it's a medium wick. Um, we got uh, some returning favorites. I'll start with the comics that I know you already like. Great. Um, Death of Inhumans gets a third issue. Immortal Hulk gets a fifth issue. Yes, please. Um, we get a uh, Paper Girls issue. We get yep. a Silver Surfer annual. 
And check oh, the, the Twisted Romance, Romance trade is coming out. That's I'm a, buying that. Yeah. Everyone should buy that. That was really good. Uh, featuring Vita Ayala at some point. In the, I think she did, wrote an essay at the back of one of them. Maybe. I don't Maybe. remember. I remember. Um, Vampironica, issue three. Yes. Out, which is super exciting. Yes. Um, and the return of one of our other favorites, Snot Girl, issue number 11. Fucking yes. Um, as far as new series goes, uh, the one I'm most excited about is the new Vertigo book, Border Town. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Featuring art by one of our favorite artists, um, Ramon Villalobos. Yep. I'm super excited for that one. Um, we get a... Uh, also the first issue of The Dreaming in the Sandman universe. That's right. That'll be cool. Um, and uh, we get a new James Bond book called James Bond Origin. Um, and Thanos Legacy um, continues uh, Donny Cates playing around with that character with special guest writer um, Jerry Diggle. No. Duggan? Duggan. <laughs> Jerry Diggle. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's cover? Jim, what's cover? Cover is a new Bendis, uh, uh, Bendis series. Okay. Uh, he has two new series starting next week through his Jinx World DC imprint. Uh, one of them is a brand new one called Cover, and the other is uh, a continuation of another icon series of his called The United States versus Murder, Inc. Great. I read some of that. It features Michael Avon yeah, yeah, on yeah. art. Um, I didn't heaps love that. Me neither, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'll give it a shot. Because okay. at least I kind of have more, more awareness of what that book is about than uh, Scarlet. Mm, absolutely. Uh, we get a third issue of Captain America, um, Ta-Nehisi Coast. It's currently in Sydney. I know. And some of our listeners went and saw him talk yesterday and said he was I'm very, very good. jealous of you all. Um, also, uh, speaking of listeners getting to meet creators that we really like, um, our friend uh, Rebecca from the UK was at Nice uh, Con okay, cool. over, the, over the weekend and g- received many cuddles from Donny Cates. Aww. <coughs> and, um, That's nice. And had, uh, had him sign... Her copy of Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, which is not a book that uh, he wrote, um, but he crossed out Matthew because if he's friends with Matt Rosenberg, right. and she's going to see Matt Rosenberg at another con very soon, okay. uh, had him cross out Matt's name and wrote Kate's nice. on it, and then said like, like this book's a piece of shit or something <laughs> on the front cover. I just love that this continue, and hopefully, hopefully that's good fun. Hopefully, she's got one of Kate's books for Rosenberg to do the same to deface. I'm excited. The, the, the holy trinity of that is, and if she someone gets Chips at asking involved, yeah, because those three are my favorite shit talkers on Twitter. They're very hilarious. Yeah. Um, so that is it for the episode. Uh, lots of good comics coming next week and not one of them featuring a crossover between Looney Tunes and DC characters. I feel genuinely like there has been a weight lifted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from me that I the, don't have to deal with that we, anymore. We defeated all four horsemen of the apocalypse <laughs> and we can live on to tell you again to find us online, facebook.com <laughs> slash serious issues podcast or join our group, facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. Share your fun con stories there. Have you ever gotten a creator to sign another creator's book and tell the creator that their book is a piece of shit. Because everyone should do that. It's funny. Everyone should do that. It's a very good joke. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, serious underscore underscore issues, or individually at CBG or at LevDog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Thank you so much for listening. And Thanks, we guys. will see you next week. Bye-bye. Adios. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.